think we're recording now. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you, yeah. I wouldn't I, move I that, though. Oh, I should probably plug myself in. Wait. You're not plugged in? Oh, hang on. Okay. Oh, oh wow. I can hear myself now. Are you plugged in now? I'm plugged in. Okay, cool. Dude, you know, I was uh, last night I was laying in bed. After after we had uh, talked at like one thirty about about podcasts, and I realized something, man, that that I was never awoken once by a mosquito this entire summer. Wait, is that a normal thing for you to be woken up by a mosquito? Oh yeah, man. I mean, or maybe that's just like because I'm from Fairbanks and there's way more mosquitoes, so it's like a constant battle, especially when I was living in that school bus. So when you were a kid, when you were living in Fairbanks full time, it was you were constantly being woken up by mosquitoes. Constantly. And even like when I stayed here like four summers ago, there was like, yeah, many times that I got woken up by mosquitoes and it's like the worst thing because that buzzing. How did you get woken up by them? By the buzzing? or by the like buzzing. Okay. It's, it's the noise. They've never like flown in your mouth or- Oh, I'm sure they've flown in my mouth and my nostrils. Um, dude, they're all over the place. But yeah, it's like, it's kind of like it starts off like really far away, like a- and then it just gets like louder as it comes closer and it wakes you up. But do you think that it's actually getting closer or do you think that you're just becoming more conscious? No, it's getting closer. Like you hear it when it's far away and then it's like, God's heat seeking, you know, it's like infrared. However, mosquitoes like find you, right? Fucking mosquitoes. Dude. But I mean, I couldn't believe it. I went this whole summer with like maybe like two mosquito bites total and never being woken up once. Do you get, is that like an Anchorage thing? What do you mean? Like there's not that many mosquitoes here? Um, you know, I don't really attract mosquitoes. <laughs> no, I really don't. Like, Are you bloodless? I I have no blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we recently got another company man. Hell yeah. Shout out to Seward Brewing Company. Yes. They just came on board the other day. Yeah, that's awesome. So they So company man, that's $50 a month or more. Us, yeah. uh, like on our Patreon, which is a way where people can subscribe and support us. So exactly. that's huge. That's like, well, over the course of a year, that's what, $600? So that can basically pay for like one trip somewhere out of the state for us to go and like record podcasts in like Saldotna or the Kenai Peninsula. That's in or, the state. Yeah, somewhere. Oh, yeah, that's in the state. <laughs> you mean out, out, of, out, out of, of the Anchorage, city? Yeah. Out of the city, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, totally. You get it. Yeah. You I know do. what I mean? But, like, I mean, that's seriously like after, like, you know, you know, all the gas, the getting the equipment, um, the time off of work to go do that, you know, it costs some money. And so, yeah, I mean, at that $50 a month, he just, you know, probably paid for one of those trips. Yeah, absolutely. So, which is awesome. In addition to Trina Duber who was our first company man. So is it company men now? Is it? I mean, do we need to change it? You know, or? this is, and, and that's one thing we kind of talked about at the beginning, like, in like, you know, is it okay just to call them company men? Because is that like if a woman donates? Well, I think it's it's all about the term though. Because well, company men, I mean, there's, you know. It has to do with, with the oil industry. Exactly. And, and there's tiers. You have you have the roustabout, the roughneck, tool the tool pusher. pusher. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, tool pusher, then the company man. The, and the company man's like the guy in the suit, you know, works for ConocoPhillips or Exxon. Yeah. You know, shows up, uh, shakes some hands, kisses some babies, and cuts you <laughs> your check. <laughs> Kissing babies. Yeah, so thanks to our All company, those oil man. babies up there. Oh, man, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, let's see. We've gotten some uh, some cool reviews in as well on iTunes. Let's let's uh let's take a second and read one of these. This is this is pretty cool. There's um um let's see here. Ratings and reviews. We have 7 5.0 ratings. That's 5 out of 5. Let's see the Gorilla Professor. Finally, quality journalism with a focus on Alaska. Thank you. Hell yeah. And then here's Mookie BB. Refreshing to hear people with the same views about life in our great state. Keep up the great work. P.S. That intro sample cracks me up every time. <laughs> the mic is hot. Yeah, that's his. T- that's his title of the of the review. The mic is hot. So, and then and then we have uh, Trimmy Eight. So refreshing to listen to fellow Alaskans not pressing their own agenda, but rather engaging in thought provoking conversations and encouraging listeners to practice individual critical thinking. I love the laughter and the sense of familiarity. That comes through the natural, organic conversations. I look forward to listening far into the future, and I'm hopeful it will be far-reaching. So the Hoffman life. Yeah. 
That's what we're going into right now. That's right. Hoffman. Yep. Lynn so and Lacey Hoffman, the hunters. And the adventurers. And the adventurers. And they might do a little gathering too, actually. What do you mean? Like hunter-gatherer. Oh, oh! I thought you meant they were about to like form like a, a thing. Yeah, they're oh, gonna have, like they're a gonna gathering. have an event. Like yeah. an event? Like, like gathering? the gathering of the juggalos. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no! I, in fact, I think they just—they've been, you know, it's hunting season right now in Alaska, and I think it's kind of coming toward to the end here, towards the end of October. In fact, caribou season just ended on like Sunday or something. They've been just going out, coming back. I mean, they've—what do you call it? Kills? Is that what you call it when you get Trips. something? Yeah, no, yeah, like, kills, like, trips, like a successful trip is it called a kill? I, I don't know. I don't know the terminology. That's well, that's why we talk to them. Um, but yeah, they're hunters, they're gatherers, they're they're lovers. I don't know <laughs> if they're gatherers. <laughs> I think they probably gather some. They're stuff. just hunters and lovers. Hunters and lovers, <laughs> and they've got an Instagram uh, at the Hoffman Life. Let's uh, let's drop into this interview, dude. <laughs> uh, okay, let's drop into this. All right, sounds good. Cool. Mike is hot. Mike's hot? Mike's hot. Is it recording? It's recording. That's what that means, dude. Crude conversations. Listen more than you talk. Go to work! So we were going through you guys' Instagram feed the other day, and one thing that I, I noticed about the snow machine photos you guys are putting up, I'm like, see, that's a dope photo. Like an advertising agency or people who just don't know what's up. Yeah. And say there's a sequence of photos. And for some reason, I'm thinking of snowboarding, but for some reason, they always pick like the Tindy. You know, they always pick like the really crappy photo. And I'm like, all oh, these dudes pick the good photo. That's how yeah. you know they know what's up. Yeah. And, you know, all, all of our photos are just random. I mean, we don't do a lot of setup stuff. We will some, but most of the stuff she, I mean, all the photos of me, she pretty much takes. And it's all just out of the blue, like, oh, let's take a photo of this or he's doing this. And I'm out doing my thing and she's just taking photos. In, hi in high school, we were, uh, we were up in Fairbanks where I grew up and at Birch Hill, the resort, they'd build the, the tabletop, right? But because it gets like 20, 30 below at night, the only time you can really hit it is like the night they build it, like like legitimately without like maybe killing yourself later because you're landing on ice. <laughs> and so we're, we're all up there, right? And it's like eight o'clock at night and the lights are on and this newly hit jump and we're like, we're all hitting it. And then all of a sudden the daily news miner shows up out of nowhere, right? And they're like, oh, we want, we want to take some pictures. And so it's like my second year snowboarding. I kind of suck. And then uh, it's actually uh, John Binkley's there. So he's a skier and he was, he was pretty dope back in the day. And so we're like, we set up this shot where it's like all of us standing on the jump and then he He's like doing like a 360 over us, right? And we're like, oh, this is sick, right? And so we're like waiting for like Monday for the newspaper to come out. And the front page is like me, like just like trying to grab my board, but not grabbing it, like <laughs> arms flailing, windshield wiper, you know, because it's like, like my fourth time down. I've hit a jump. <laughs> And it's just like everyone was so bummed. It was like a picture of me and I was even kind of bummed, you know. But then but then my aunt and uncle like framed it for me and stuff. So, was, <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's like I don't know why that reporter thought that that was the shot versus like, you know, maybe the other ones didn't come out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the other ones didn't come out. Yeah. Yeah. Probably haven't taken many photos like that. You know, just whatever works. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And shooting at night, you know. I mean, it was just a whack photo <laughs> that's, that's awesome that was my first published shot nice when did you guys start hunting did you did you start hunting individually and then you guys met or yeah. did you guys start hunting together yeah i, I grew up hunting uh my grandpa got okay. me into it um we we had about 75 acres that we grew up on rabbits and deer and squirrels and all that kind of stuff pheasants um but she didn't start hunting until she met me I'm uh, fishing pretty much too. Well, you fished I, a little bit, but I didn't start hunting when I met you. I started hunting way after, but with you. Well, yeah, um, yeah. It was a few years. I didn't start hunting until 2011. What was that like? Yeah. Like um, your first hunt? My first hunt was a rabbit hunt, and I honestly didn't think that I was going to be able to shoot a rabbit because I had a rabbit as a pet, and so. <laughs> I thought she was going to cry. I, I thought she was going to cry when she shot. Yeah, it. So I was out, prepared for her to cry. We got out there and. I started like looking for rabbits and found my first rabbit and I was like, can I shoot it? Can I not? Going back and forth. And I was like, well, I can shoot it if it stays still, but not if it runs away. And that's how I justified it. 
Well, come to find out that the smarter rabbits are staying still to camouflage themselves and the dumber rabbits are running away. <laughs> so you can like, shoot all rabbits, as so you found like, out. <laughs> yeah, well, that, so my justification was not <laughs> was not very justifiable, <laughs> but um, it made me feel better. Uh, but I'm, I'm okay with it as, as long as the meat's being salvaged as far as like when I, when I started out hunting and he made stew out of the rabbit. I didn't try the rabbit. Um, I still haven't tried rabbit because we haven't gone back. But next time we go bunny hunting, I definitely want to try it because now I'm more adventuresome with eating game meat and all that. Whereas I didn't grow up eating game meat either. Rabbit was the first thing that I shot as well. Nice. Uh, We were up toward Fairbanks. It was young. I was super young. And I was out there with my brother, Derek. And I I have three brothers uh, and a sister at this point. But we were out there and um, saw a rabbit just kind of like scurry across and I barely saw it. My brother Derek was like, there, it went over here. And I was like, where? And I had the shotgun and I was like, oh, maybe it's in here. And I shot in this bush just with the shotgun and everyone's like, holy shit, what are you doing? You know, like this, <laughs> this child with a shotgun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, and then my dad comes over and uh, he's like, oh, what are you doing? Why, why the hell did you do that? And I was like, there's like a rabbit in there, maybe. And <laughs> there was a freaking rabbit in there. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, you know, but to this day, it's probably the first time I ever admitted it, I had no idea there was a rabbit in there. Oh, man. But, but I got one. You got one. That's all it yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You guys, you guys have almost 25... We're, we'll talk about your Instagram for a second. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So you guys have almost like 25,000 um, followers on your Instagram. So it's, it's kind of like... I mean, it's up there as yeah. far as, you know, your influence. It grew, I think, I mean, it grew that's, fast. Yeah. That's more than Crude has. It's more than Tailgate has on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys think of it this way, but, like, I mean, what, what's what's the purpose and or the end goal um, with, with that whole social media? Uh, well, honestly, the end goal, I have no idea because uh, I'm still, like, kind of new to the whole thing. Three years ago, you know, I always had Facebook. Um, that's kind of how – the internet's pretty much how we stayed together for so long, or how we not stayed together, how we stayed in touch for so long with Facebook and stuff. And I always had friends with uh, Snow Machine. They was like, dude, you guys should have put your pictures on Instagram, man. You have awesome pictures. Put your stuff on Instagram. You do awesome stuff. I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's Instagram. Like, I don't want to get into more social media stuff, you know, and all that. Yep. And then uh, finally, um, spring of 16. Um, I started in, I started Instagram and I posted a couple snow machine pictures and then um, a buddy of mine, John Miller with Backcountry United. I don't know if you I guys know Miller. Know yep. he, uh, he, he had a sweet whip picture of me um, and he posted it and I'm like, oh, what's this? You know, and that's kind of started getting into it and all that. And um, from there it just blew up and then we got into the summer and fishing and hunting season and side by side. And it was just like all these people were like, wow, this is cool and it grew fast and you know i just did it to you know start putting pictures and then i was like well i can tell our life story and would you guys classify yourselves as hunters or adventurers or more more adventurers more adventurers yeah i mean hunting's my thing it's always been um what kind of hunters piss you guys off um i would say the people that just come out to just kill something and guiding you'll get one of those people every now and then and it's not like i mean it's like every bag you know every group has a bad person or a bad percentage or whatever and it's you know the way the media and a way that a lot of people that are against hunting portray it is like all of us are like that we just go out there and kill everything no it's a very 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 small percentage i think i've guided I mean, I've been guiding for 15 years, and there's been two people that I've been like, I don't ever want to hang out or hunt or guide or anything with this person again. They had bad intentions, bad motivations. Yeah, they're just up there just like, oh, you know, I want to kill something. Uh, and then, For example, the one guy that I'm talking about, he comes up, and in Alaska, same day, you can't hunt. Mm-hmm. So he lands, and the first thing he wants to do— Hold on. When same day him, you fly, you can't hunt. What did I say? You Just same day you can't hunt. Oh, no. Yeah. Same, yeah, I got that, though. Same yeah, yeah. day you, same land, day you right? fly, you cannot hunt. So why yeah. is, why uh, is sick that? Of, sick of black-tailed deer, you can. So you uh, can't spot them. Okay. Yeah, so you can't spot them oh. from a plane, land, and then walk over. And, and it's, t- like, I'm totally cool with that. Like, it should be that way for sure. 
Which yeah, I want to uh, get into something. It's got to be fair chase, you, you know. That's yep. I'm all about fair chase. Fair but, chase. I mean, okay. majority of your hunters are out there to enjoy the experience. They're out there to push themselves. They're out there to bring home meat, put in the freezer to feed their families. You know, and and they're not. We know we don't get portrayed that way like you should. I mean, a lot of people, most people think, oh, we're trophy hunters. You know, they just go out there and kill everything. And then the whole trophy hunting thing, like that's a persona they put on people that's not like i'm a trophy hunter like i if i shoot an animal that's like nice and big and awesome and i want to remember that i'm gonna mount it. i'm gonna put it on my wall but i also have a freezer full of meat from that animal you've got that that animal mounted on your wall and let's say five ten years later right when you walk past that and you look at it what goes through your head what are you thinking everything about that hunt like i mean even little things like I froze my ass off in the tent la- that one night, you know, like almost died that night. And, and, you know, like, holy cow, this day was one of the most beautiful days in the mountains I've ever seen in my life. Because I feel like people who don't understand, like, hunters or maybe how they think, they might think, like, when you walk by, you're like, yeah, you belong to me now, you know, or like, <laughs> I got you right, like this, like, kind of sick, sadistic, like, you're on my wall because, you know, you're uh, kind of like, um, Back in the day when they'd cut people's heads off and they'd put it on the um Stakes. on the sticks, right? <laughs> it's like that. It's like and that, yeah, and that's the portrayal that I was talking about that people get, you know. And it's not, it's not like that. Sounds you know, more there's, like a, there's a small percentage that are like that. I'll like agree. a scrapbook. But that's, I mean, with every group, you're going to have people. Like that. Sure, with anything, yeah. you're going to have a small percentage of people who represent the bad, bad part, part of what you're yeah. doing. You know, the extremes, yeah. and people will stereotype the entire, the entire group, group, no matter what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that's just that's easier. That's more manageable. You know, that's why yeah. that's why when people see something they di- they don't understand, their initial reaction is to hate it because yeah. hating is a lot Easy. easier than loving, right? <laughs> yep. And it should be the other way around. Yeah, it really yeah. should. Some of us it is. <laughs> so, so now you guys are, you know, quote unquote influencers, right? And so you this must be kind of weighing on you like more than just like how can we represent products? How can we show like, you know, the glamorous parts of this and, and even the unglamorous? Like, do you guys feel now that you have like a duty to talk about some of these issues? Because I, I have noticed that you've posted a little bit about, you know, maybe more of the political side of hunting. So do you feel now that you have a responsibility because you have such a voice out to the hunting world to kind of at least talk about this stuff or what, where does, you know, that come from? I guess a little bit, um, because I see that I can influence people. Um, but it's nothing I wouldn't do, I guess, if I didn't have that, like I'm always, if I talk to run into somebody at the store, I'm still gonna, you know, talk to them about the same truce and the, you know, the things that people don't see about hunting or don't know about hunting. Um, and now, now with the platform, you know, I guess I see it to where I can do it more. I can, you know, I can push it more to people and be like, hey, this is what it's really like. And with some of my posts, I try that. Like I posted a, I did a post last year about brown bear and that's a huge like subject. I mean, it's very touchy for a lot of people and I totally understand, but there's a lot of good that comes out of it. And the people, people don't understand that. And they're never told that by you know, the, the anti-hunters push it, like, way okay, so, off. Yeah, so, so real quickly, like, what would be the pros and cons of the of the um, brown bear hunting that you're talking about, right? The two different kind of views. Because I do agree, everything kind of always has multiple sides, and they're, like, deep issues, and you can't just frame them, like, yes. very – you can't simplify something, right? Yeah, and uh, with the bears, I mean, the biggest – I mean, the biggest con is – with the brown bears is, you know, a lot of, a lot of the meat's salvaged. Um, you know, a, a, mo- a majority of them. Yeah, and it doesn't. You know, and I'm not afraid to good, say that. Right? You know, whatever yeah. it is, we don't eat the meat on the brown bears. A lot of it's the taste. They have trigonosis, parasites. I mean, they got all kinds of weird stuff. The pros for it is the conservation aspect of it. For any predator. I mean, this includes this includes wolves, cats. I mean, all of it. You have an overpopulation. You're not going to have any other animals. And then if they don't have food. They're gonna, and they already do. They're out, they're cannibalistic animals. They will eat their own. That's mm-hmm. a fact. In the springtime, when they're when they're rutting, uh, they're chasing females. If they come across a sow with cubs, they will kill the cubs 
and the sow will then come back into heat. Mm-hmm. And they know that. They know that if they kill them, the show will come back into heat, and then they will breed their own. So if you get a high population of big boar brown bears, it'll cut into that population. It won't help. It. So if you, I mean, and we're, like, especially with the Alaska Peninsula where I do a lot of my brown bear stuff, it is very strict. I mean, they give each each outfitter in one of the federal concessions gets so many permits, and Fish and Game manages that, the feds manage that. I mean, it's it's pretty strict. And actually, this year, um, Fish and Game noticed because every you have to get every bear sealed, and they noticed that there was a year missing, or a year that's almost missing um, in the cycle, so they cut back the season. So instead of thirty or instead of twenty days, it has now gone back to fifteen days. For the next open season. You have 15 and, days to legally go out and hunt a yep. brown bear and that's, in that area. Yeah, and that's in that area. Like, yeah, that's like one of the shortest seasons there is for any animal. Um, but that just shows that they're that how they manage it. Like, okay, you know, we might have a difference here. We need to slow this down. Mm-hmm. So we'll cut it back. And then if it starts evening out again, we'll keep it there so, and so keep going. So what would you say to someone who is – so so – Humans, right, have decided that we need to look at how this animal is breeding and we need to mitigate it uh, based on, you know, the the certain variables, right? Yeah. Uh, But what would you say to someone that's like, you know, nature finds a way? Yeah. Um, And that's the biggest thing we get. Like, oh, you're not letting nature run its course. And yeah, totally. I understand that. We have a way to manage it for the better of all, for the better of the herds, for the better of the people hunting and photography, you know, both, all of it. Um, The way nature balances itself is not the Disneyland everybody keeps being told. It's not like that. It's they just ain't frolicking around in flowers all the time. Just like I was talking about with the brown bears. If they overpopulate, they're going to first, they're going to eat the moose, the caribou, the sheep and all that. Once they get to that, what's left? Themselves. They start eating themselves. Population goes down. Next thing you know, this whole area has no animals. And then you have 10 to 30 years before that can regenerate. So if you manage it, it's managed. And, I mean, you're still going to have fluctuations. And that's why, you know, like with the brown bears, you have to have them sealed so they know how many were taken. If it gets too much, they'll cut the seasons. If You know, if it's not enough, they'll open it back up a little more. For all of time, nature ran its course and that's what happened. Then all of a sudden humans came around. And humans, we are like more evolved, you know, we're are conscious, like we can study things. And now we have changed the way nature works. Yeah. And this is just a fact in everything. Well, we've changed how humans work. Yeah, everything. yeah, everything. exactly. You know what I everything. mean? And so evolution ne- necessarily isn't actually controlled by just like the the normal concepts of nature. Yeah. You know, it's kind of controlled by us. I mean, it's even when I when I fought forest fires, we would do controlled burns, and the reason was is because once we started fighting forest fires, the natural fires didn't burn, and so what happens is you get this huge growth in areas, right? And then when the fire does come, it's like a gigantic fire, man. That's like uncontrollable. So yeah. now we actually do the like. The, man, the fire management that, that nature used to do, that Mother Nature used to do with lightning strikes and whatever, right? You know, and so that's just kind of where we're going to is we manage everything now. Yeah. Our yeah, entire environment, you know what I mean? Fisheries, right? I mean, what do you, yeah. what do you guys think about that, that concept that, that humans have, have almost – that we, we have risen to this plateau of almost like God status among the other – you know, uh, organisms. Um, well, I mean, we're, we're pretty much destined to be that we're smarter than anything else on this planet, but we're in a position to where we can manage it for the better of all. You know, you can't just with people pushing in, I mean, we you're going to have development. There's no way around it, you know? So there's certain areas that you're going to, you're going to be pushing into the wildlife and you got to figure out where to manage that. Because if you don't manage it with hunting, you're going to manage it with other forms of getting rid of these animals. So with hunting, you have a way to put money back into the system, rather than paying a government agency to go in and hunt. Because they're going to get hunted anyway. I mean, there's no way around it. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. 
Well, plus two, hunting seems like it's something that's in our blood. You yeah, know what I mean? I mean from day one. I it's mean, it's not part even of nature. Yeah, not even our blood, it's, but like, yeah. but like every animal's blood. And it's the way we work, right? Like, no matter, even if you're against hunting, you know, and you don't like the fact of killing, like, you can't get beyond the fact that, like, that's how life has sustained itself and grown and evolved over millions of years, have been things killing and eating each other. Yeah. Well, you know I, that's natural. I, I think that I think that one of the, I, I mean, I say this to you all the time that people just need to have an open conversation and a civil conversation. I think one of the things about hunting that people don't understand is that they have a different relationship with it, right? Yeah. They they have a different relationship with guns. The person that lives in New York and Chicago and L.A., um, the relationship that they have with a rifle is not going to be the same as the person who lives in. Anchorage, Alaska, or just yeah. Alaska in general, or you know the Dakotas, or or whatever, right? Yeah. Because I'll, yeah, I'll agree with you on that, but I'll also say that a lot of people also think that hunting is going out and slaughtering any animal that you see, and that you can go out and well, it's easy, and that I, you're just killing anything. Can and I tell everything you why people might think not. that? Is because hunters tend to like to post pictures of them holding the head of their dead animal covered in blood that they just killed with these giant smiles. Little did they know it took ten days of just well, the crappiest well, conditions exactly. ever like, to so get what, to that So what? What is the psychology behind those pictures? Because you know, as someone who like who like respects hunting and understands its importance and would rather have my meat from a hunt than say like the slaughterhouse, I still see those sometimes, and I'm like, man, that's just kind of. Sick and sadistic yeah. to me a little bit, right? But yeah, I, so, and I, I mean, I understand it, but to me, it's an accomplishment. You know, it's like I don't know. I'll say every every. I never thought that I'd be the person that would take pictures like that. Like, yeah. no way, shape, or form. I, I mean, I was the kid at two years old when I found out that turkey was an animal at Thanksgiving I cried and I handed it back to my aunt because <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't want to eat my That's animal so sweet. and so um, I never thought that I'd be that person but after working so hard and, and so many elements and I mean Alaska is tough to hunt and after like going through the agony and the hiking and the I mean just glassing for animals and finding them and it finally happens it's just a period of success and like just like accomplishment well we were when we were going over this we were kind of discussing it and i was like yeah what's up with those and then we, we like tried to answer it and i just kind of was like it must be like a euphoria like you've just gone through all of this and you just got it and it's like you said this euphoria of accomplishment and that's yeah. so so what does it the problem is is that you know they say a picture is worth a thousand words but sometimes with these pictures, I think to like people who don't understand hunting, it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they don't know anything about it, it's definitely not. And, you know, I, we get questions all the time, especially on the bear pictures. I mean, we get a lot of hate, uh, some pretty bad stuff. But... So it looks like you guys had some death threats. Too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, what? they haven't, I think Instagram did some things with their algorithm. People, yeah. We don't get as much anymore. But I mean, those people are just like <laughs> they, they turned down the death threats. Yeah, that's weird. That was up. Like really, these people against like, oh shit, we, we got that one up for those guys. Yeah, <laughs> but those people are like, they're just behind a computer. They probably got no friends. That's all they do is just hate well, on. Or people. they have a different relationship. Like we, like I was saying, different yeah, relationship with like, it. You know, no, they don't. They understand. Like they're it. trolling. Like. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just not. I mean, when you get go that far with it, like, like why don't death you threat? Why don't you shoot your wife, mount her on the wall? Yeah, like you're, like, you're, you're. You guys have gotten that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, like that's no harm to me. And did whatever. you? But did you go to that that account and see like? I mean, you was check it like them? You know, like yeah. you check yeah, to see what it is. Close or whatever. to me, kind yeah, of. Yeah, you know, like that's gonna. And honestly, probably ninety percent of them are. People f not even from North America. Really? Yeah. They're Europe. And then you have that percentage of, of them Europe. that are like... You uh, a few from Australia. Um, Australia's got this weird concept of like the, the don't hunt a native species to their... Like they'll freaking... Just invasive species, They'll slaughter basically. the crap out of kangaroos and like pigs and everything like that down there. But if it's a 
a species native to their land, they won't like it's protected. Wait, a kangaroo is not native to. I don't know if it's native, but they they're they're a pest and they overpopulate. Like yeah, pretty I know the frogs are pretty crazy. Down like the there. stuff you see on Crocodile Dundee is real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a good that's a good thing. Have you guys ever hunted not, out of North America? Uh, I have not. I don't think it's too expensive, man. Yeah. Like I got to pay a guide for that stuff. That's why that's why I'm a guide. <laughs> they pay me. I've only yeah. hunted in Alaska and Texas. Yeah. What did you hunt for in Texas? Um I hunted for deer. Okay. White tail deer. deer. Yeah. Which is the same thing that we have here, correct? No. Or is it blacktail? Sitka blacktail deer. Sitka blacktail. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Yep. So, Related uh deal. different subspecies. You guys are not from Alaska, so can you like describe for us like your journey here? How did it happen? <laughs> This oh, is uh, an interesting story. You, you can start with your journey here. <laughs> okay. And so, actually, you know, you, well, actually, we met before I moved here. Yeah. So, yeah, we, so. Okay, me yeah. and Lacey met on spring break in Cancun, Mexico Woo! in the year 2000. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. In the year 2000. <laughs> Lacey and Lynn ago. will go yeah. to Cancun and meet each other. <laughs> yeah, my Flash sophomore back. year of high school. Yeah, my senior, it was my senior year. Your senior year yeah. and your sophomore. What the hell are you guys doing in Cancun in we, high school? We actually went with our parents, and uh, we ended up at the same hotel, Marriott, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. my parents, or my whole neighborhood, not whole neighborhood, we have about, I don't know, six different sets of parents, and all the kids would go every spring break. And so that was like my fourth or fifth time there because I have a sister that's seven years older. So we we would go every year with the parents, and then every October the parents would leave us with the grandparents, and they would go every October without us. But he was there with his parents and yeah, we'd a go, whole group of people. Yeah, from we'd go. My parents would take us somewhere every year for um, spring break, and uh, my junior year they took us to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for the hill climbs. And I think it was more of their vacation, but I'm glad because it was a pretty freaking awesome time. Um, and then the, my senior year, I got to choose where I go, and that was, was you know, Cancun was the whole thing then. And my mom was a, she's always been a big Marriott hotel fan, and she'd rather spend an extra hundred dollars to stay there than anywhere else. So I don't know why, but I'm glad she did because we ended up at the same Marriott that her, uh, that her and her family was at, and. Uh, she actually was hitting on my friend before me, but uh, they were Is he doing... still your friend? Yeah, he's still my friend. Yeah. Have you he's, ever told him? He's harmless. Yeah, he and She he made the right choice for sure. <laughs> his, his parents actually married us. Oh, oh yeah, yes, the friend? Actually, yeah. Okay. His parents did actually marry us. It gets deep. You guys hit it off but, uh, in Cancun, basically. Yeah, I mean, so what got us to start talking is they were doing water aerobics in the pool. I'm a little embarrassed about this, but I'll admit it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got a wife out of it. I can't complain. So they're doing water aerobics in the pool. Meet, water aerobics. <laughs> yeah. Writing that one down. They told they told her and her friend to go recruit more people because nobody wanted to do water aerobics in the pool. Well, who does she come to? She came to me and was like, "Hey, come on, let's go." And I didn't. I don't even think I knew they were doing it yet. And I was like, "Okay, sweet." Hot I ran by shit. and tapped him and like kept yeah. running. And he's like, "Oh, I'll keep running." Or I'll run out. Like, no, you what? Yeah, I was like, hey, let's go. Oh, I don't remember. I was like, no, I blacked out when I got in the pool, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, water aerobics can do that to you. Like, I don't, don't want to black you right out. Going on, black you right out. But yeah, so we cool. got in the pool and did water aerobics, and then we just kind of hung out. All right, so you're, there. <laughs> you're, you're in Michigan, and so where are you living? Where are you from at this point? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Okay, where in Georgia? Um, 20 minutes north of Atlanta and Roswell. Roswell? Yeah. Cool. Not so, New Mexico. Nope, not New no. Mexico. <laughs> yep, Georgia. Cool. And so, yeah, we... So eventually you guys had to leave each other. We left. Was it sad? And then... Uh, not that time. Back then, what did you find that was cool about Lynn? And Lynn, what did you think was cool about Lacey? <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. Like, was it was just, it, like, it? He was, was like this fisher this, hunting dude, or <laughs> my barbed wire wife beater. It, I was, wearing. it was the it was the backwards visor. <laughs> you had a backwards visor. Oh, dude, you gotta see this. Pit, you gotta see the picture when we first. It met. was the frosted <laughs> it tips. Freaking hilarious. <laughs> I weighed like one hundred and forty pounds. Frosted tip hair, gold or a silver chain necklace, and a, a tank a top with. A uh, dragon barbed wire. It. Oh, yeah, had one with barbed wire and one with a dragon. Yeah, that one was a Killing dragon. Killing it. Picked up you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, dude. <laughs> cool. So then how long did you guys... Uh... Wait, wait, wait. Oh. So... You said what you're wearing. Yeah, what were you right? wearing? Right? <laughs> we need to oh, set yeah. this, set yeah. this yeah. scene. I had on... That night, I had on like a zebra skirt. And a in a black tube top or something, or it was a leopard skirt. I don't know. It was some animal print. I feel like you should remember she had bangs. Though. I know yeah. that. And you were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. bangs this, guy. She, she's got this like. Leopard. I wasn't a bang. You're like you're like man. I just want to hunt her right yeah, now. Something. So since have you ever been like, oh hey, have you thought about like growing the bangs again or? Oh, uh, no. I've Not actually really. seen the bangs. The bangs are coming back. I've seen them. She I have an 18 year old sister. Some, I know these things. Those were some pretty hardcore bangs. <laughs> they were. They yeah, were. They were you knew they were there. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> some blinds. They were there. <laughs> okay, so why were you in Alaska? Okay, so I moved. I got a job opportunity to come up here when I was 19 years old. I was trying to figure out where to go. I was working for the company my dad works for, uh, AIS Construction Equipment. Um, and one of the guys he works with uh, is really good friends with an outfitter up here. The outfitter was really originally from Michigan, so that's how they had that connection. And they were talking, and he mentioned something about it. And my mom was like, well, if he's looking for somebody, give me his number. I'm sure my son will be interested. Brought the number home, called him right away. I was like, I'm not passing this up. Alaska hunting, I'm in. Uh, called him, told him I'm in. That winter, he was in Michigan, so I went over to Detroit, met up with him. He hired me right there. Following years, when I came up here, I was 19 years old. So you're 19 yep. years old. Do you know anybody here? Ask I knew Mike, the guy I was <laughs> Yeah, where'd you for. live? Uh, well, I, we just, I just came up for the two months. Uh, we were at hunting camp, so I stayed at his house uh, for a couple days before we flew out, and then we spent 61 days... Living in white walled tents in the middle of nowhere. That and was your first. That was my first Alaska. But where, where in the middle of nowhere? Like literally in Western the middle of nowhere. Western Alaska, other side of the Alaska Range. Oh, oh so you're yeah. just like actually in the middle in of the middle, that's the middle of, nowhere. of nowhere. Like that's the, the one closest. Of Alaska I have no yeah, idea like about. the closest towns, like Stony River or two flights out, a yeah. flight and then a bush light. Yeah, it's a long ways away. So you guys were just hanging out there for 61 days, right? Yep. Uh, and you didn't lose your hunting. mind. No, you loved it. No, man, I loved it, dude. It was awesome. How were the mosquitoes? These two are horrible. Horrible, right? That, and I know <laughs> the, in Michigan you have mosquitoes. The but white socks dude. and the noceums are worse. Yeah. Like way worse. The noceums. I'd yeah. rather just deal with mosquitoes than those. But things. you still had an amazing time. Yeah, for sure. Did you get anything while you were out there? Yeah, so he let us, once camp was set up, we spent the first you know week or so getting camp set up. We had cook tent. Um, two hunters tents, guy, two guides tents, shower tent, and like a generator slash woodshed or something. And, uh, it's like a small village. Yeah. I mean, it was a yeah, how many people? deal. So we had one, two, three, three guides and three packers. And then we never had more than four hunters in camp at once. But every, you know, during August, it was every seven days. And then in September, you'd do two 10-day hunts and then a five-day hunt. So it was, I mean, you're doing hunt after hunt. It's nonstop work for 61 days, basically. Um, but once we got our camp set up, he let us go out and hunt caribou. Uh, and I shot my first caribou the very last day we were allowed to hunt because the hunters were coming in the next day. Uh, so I you, came, I, I actually came home with no money because I spent it on shooting a caribou and bringing meat home. <laughs> do you have that caribou still? You have it on your wall? Yeah, I don't have it on the wall, but I have the antlers in, uh, at my house. Okay. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. It's my first big game animal outside of Michigan and first one in Alaska. So you know, I'll one, always have those. One thing that, that, uh, we were talking about is, um, is, and I think this is probably just a byproduct of, of, of you, you as a couple and. And your, I guess, uh, political leanings, but it, it's 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 political in in some situations. 
I mean, the Instagram, the only time I keep, I have my Instagram political is when it has something to do with hunting. I keep politics out of Instagram and our Hoffman Life Facebook page. Um, I'll post some stuff on my regular page, but I keep it, I don't, there's too much politics and everything, man, and it oh. just pushes people apart, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and, I mean, even like me and him, I mean, we're got different views on certain things, but you know, he's a good dude. I'm a good dude. We get along. So yeah, yeah. why even involve that crap? You know, just keep staying. Well, especially it. on social media, it's yeah, like, it it's can a, just totally divert it. And you can, you can be trying stuff. to discuss just one thing. And next thing you know, it's like, because the way social media works is someone just takes it way off track or it just, yeah. and for you guys trying to talk about hunting, you know, so like that's their, their political posts on there are strictly about issues in hunting yes. right yes you know so sure. okay so i saw you did something about the giraffe kill that happened recently right yes. and you mentioned something about how like giraffes are better in in country or they're, they're better off in countries that allow hunting of giraffes See, yes i don't i don't actually can you tell me what this whole story was what happened here with the so giraffe the what started it it was um, a lady um i'm not sure if she has her own hunting show or just uh, social media or what, but she was over in Africa. And this is the photo that she, went viral, right? Yes. Yeah. That's it. And she was over in Africa hunting and totally legal, 100% legal. Um, and she shot a draft and posted a picture. And, of course, it, you know, people see a dead draft and they're going to blow up. And, you know, for somebody who don't know, I can totally understand. You know, you got to – if you do – if you – the way I look at it, if you post something like that, you got to inform people on why, you know, Was how, this giraffe what, eating other giraffes? No, it was or something, not. Or? Uh, so in certain areas, there's there's a freaking crap load of giraffes. Um, and there's areas like, same with elephants. There's a bunch of elephants. And that's a whole other story. But elephants destroy a lot of crap. Because uh, giraffes are beautiful. You can like, kids They can are. Eat they're them. very beautiful. But so is a deer. And what do they both have? Meat. I don't know. Have you have you and seen that Louis C.K. bit about how nasty deers are? And they have ticks? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're talking the mammal part of it, we're all nasty. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's bad. No, I mean... It, but so Jude, yeah, in that it, area, but the thing is what people don't understand is there's a lot of people in Africa that are poor. They have no freaking money at all. I feel like people might understand that, though. Yeah, but they not might to not, the, not to the fact not that to how the, hunting like how brings in money to their hunting, economy. Oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Okay, I can see Hunting that. brings in so much for income to these villages, and the number one thing is food. That draft fed a whole freaking village. Yeah. In the same way that a whale does up north. The same way a whale does for the natives here in Alaska. And But people can't get... But these rich people pat, I mean, they're, they, these come and people, pay for yeah. the permits, for the guides, and that puts yeah, money. And all that money so, goes to conservation. So a dollar, American dollar in like Zimbabwe, right, is like... You know, like a thousand American dollars yeah. in buying power there, yeah. right? Because the exchange rate. You might get called yeah. out by the people who listen to this. You might, but it's <laughs> I don't actually know. It's, a Zimbabwe dollar. <laughs> pretty sure they experienced hyperinflation recently sure. at some point. But so, uh, like some of the outfitters there tell their hunters not like give me the tip for your packers, and I'll give it to them at the end of the season because you'll give them what you think's not a whole lot of money, and they're like. See ya, I'm going to town for the next freaking six months, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, so they wait and they're like, okay, season's over. Go do what you want with your money. Okay, what what about Cecil the Lion? That was the Cecil name, Cecil right? the Lion. What yes. happened there? Total, just another blown out of proportion situation. But that was like a protected lion, wasn't it? Nope. Or like a famous lion? It or... was a famous lion. Um, yeah. But it was not protected. Okay. It, that, there's... Animals that move in and out of parks. Yes. And that totally. is, yeah. And they don't we, understand the invisible we lines. A, uh, we had an issue with wool, uh, wolves in the Denali a few years ago about a trapper trapped some of Denali's wolves outside of the park. Totally legal, 100% legal. Um, this lion was known by some person or a couple people, and it went out of the park, had a collar on it. And it was shot legally, 100% legally. All that money goes to conservation. And a lion's another one of the predator things I talk, predator issues I talked about earlier. Overpopulate. They start eating everything. You know, and in Africa too, they have a problem with them, you know, pushing into villages, cattle, and even people. 
you haven't heard of Ghost in the Darkness, real story, yeah. great movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's similar to like bears, right? Like we, I, yes. mean, I read today they had to kill like three or four black bears that were like, what got into a tent at a campground, right? And then that bear at Blacktop. So we are managing this stuff and we are just like, well, this is a danger to society. Cap, you're dead. Well, here, here's, you know, the, here's, game. here's what's interesting to me is, so you say the money, I didn't know this, that the money actually goes to conservation. Yes. Uh, but isn't that like pretty much exactly the same as Marlboro funding anti-smoking ads? You know, with with, with the money that, I mean, it's, it's, it's along those same lines. <sighs> Not, I, I mean, yeah, no, go ahead and say which one. It's a totally different, like, world. Explain, I mean, please. I don't yeah, think you can say? put it on that because, like, you funding know, anti-smoking uh, and smoking is totally different than than harvesting animals or shooting animals so that other animals will be able to survive and live. Yeah, I mean, they're... I mean, we're... with the, So the money for the conservation goes back into research, it goes back into relocation of these animals. For instance, there is an animal in Africa that is extinct in Africa. There's a farmer or a rancher in Texas that has those animals on his ranch that he's been raising, and he sells hunts for that animal. He uses that money for that, uh, the money he generates from that hunt, he puts back into that animal. Now, they have people in Africa contacting this guy going, hey, can we get some of these to replant back? Repopulate, yeah. Repopulate back in Africa. So now there's an effort to repopulate this endangered species back in Africa, and it's all generated from hunting in this guy. And a lot of the money, like Africa is a totally different world than here in the United States as far as hunting. African, they have a huge problem of poaching. The number one funding of anti-poaching in Africa is from hunters and hunting. There's a guy in Africa that is a hunter, um, and he raises and takes care of rhinos. And this guy does it out of his own pocket. He's got no outside money coming in, and he just does it because he wants to save the rhinos. And, I mean, all, and he's a hunter. And people don't understand that we're here, you know, we want to see these animals prosper just as much as... It's a symbiotic relationship. ...anybody else, yeah. You know, and it's it, it's hard for people to get past the, you know, the part that we're killing something. And that's, you know, I, I can't... But that's, you know, that's on them to not try and find out, you know, and that's like the biggest problem about our society is like we won't walk a mile in someone's shoes, you know? Yeah. We're, we're you, and so it's like... How can you sit there and have an opinion on somebody and, and like be uh, so vocal about what they're doing and what they're about without even trying to listen to them, number one, or understand what they are, yep. you know? Well, and people don't understand the amount of money that's being put into it and the licenses and everything and like the restrictions that go into it. And I didn't yeah. either. Like, I mean, I grew up on a lake and I used to, I mean, I didn't fish a lot, but I fished a handful of times and didn't even know I needed a license. Let, let, and like, I mean, yeah, that's lack of education on my part. But if I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty educated person, and you not knowing college. that I need that. You're a teacher. Like you ed- many, you educate. She has yeah, two degrees. How many? Yeah. I have two degrees. I mean, how many other people are out there that don't know that? Yeah. And yeah. we find that once they're educated, once we've given that education and, portion, that they're like, oh wow, like. And that's what social media has helped us do is to spread that knowledge to people. Um, you know, here's what the benefits that we do. And I mean, I've had, I had a kid I went to high school with, uh, send me a message on Facebook after, I don't, I think it was one of the meat posts from your deer maybe or something. I'm not sure. But, uh, hashtag meat post. (laughs) (laughs) So he sent me a message about how he used my experiences and knowledge that he's learned from what I do to explain to his kids about hunting. So they had, I mean, they had a deer run across them driving to school one morning and his daughter said, I can't believe people hunt those. And he, instead of saying, instead of not knowing what to say, he was able to use that knowledge that he learned from my posts and what I've had to say to teach her why. 
He had the Lion King uh, Ex- conversation. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah you the know. antelope eat the grass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, know? <laughs> you appreciate yeah, man, the I, animal, I mean, right? Got, like you think yeah, it's beautiful, dude, I, right? I mean, I got freaking thousands and thousands and thousands of photos of live animals, and I have two dozen photos of dead animals. There's a lot of division in this country right now. Um, what is the Hoffman Life antidote for unity? Uh, getting outside, enjoying what we have here, whether it's hiking, hunting, fishing, snow machining, snowboarding, skiing, just enjoy life, man. Like it's all this political stuff is just ruining people. It's ruining friendships. It's ruining families. Like it's dumb. I get it, but it shouldn't separate people. I mean, you should, you should be able to listen to somebody's opinion and not freak out and that's pretty much what's going on right now is like oh this person did this oh my gosh protest riot like we hate everybody now like and it's i mean it's it's not just one side it's every it's everything and there's a lot of people who are just fed up with it and just want to just hang out and chill you know they want to drink a beer they want to go back in the mountains and ride and you know go hunting go fishing like i don't know I'm freaking over it. (laughs) Hunt season's coming. I'm peacing out. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, um, over the past couple of years, I mean, I resigned from teaching. I'm living life and getting outdoors and having fun. And, like, life isn't all about work. It's about making relationships and doing what you love, whether what political side that you're on doesn't matter there are there are things that unite us beyond our political beliefs right there yeah just happiness you know dan rather wrote a whole book about it yeah look nice (laughs) what unites us what unites us oh nice yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly but there are things right like i think we're forgetting that like at the the end of the day like we all kind of want the same thing we're all americans yeah like when i you know and getting back to what i was talking about earlier with the hunting like Every group of people has great people in it, and everybody has those people that are bad that make it look bad. You got to look past that. You know, everybody means well. You know, like, not everybody's here to hate. A majority of people here just want to have fun, enjoy life, and, you know, have new experiences. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Well, would you guys like agree to maybe coming back on this podcast again? I wouldn't Later? say no. You can support local grassroots journalism at patreon.com slash crude magazine. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a platform that makes it easy for you to support content that matters to our community for as little as $1 a month. Crude Conversations is written, hosted, and produced by Cody Liska and Dustin H. James for Crude Magazine. Intro music was produced by Alcoda Beats.